If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Welcome to Haken, an Animal Crossing podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Brian, my first Patreon patron. Alright everybody, before we get started today, I wanted to announce that I'm currently looking for another person or persons to join me on this podcast as a co-host. Uh, I've posted the call for co-hosts in several different Animal Crossing Facebook groups and the Animal Crossing subreddit. I'll let you know how to apply in a second, but the best place to see this information is on my Patreon page. Just visit patreon.com slash ChewyPlaysNintendo and you'll find the post with the details. Also, Chewy is spelled C-H-U-Y, just in case you're having trouble finding it. Anyways, if you're interested in applying for the position, here's what I need from you. I want a 5-10 to minute recording answering any of the following questions. What was your first memory playing Animal Crossing? What you love about Animal Crossing? Your favorite Animal Crossing title and why? And what feature do you think we'll see in the next game? Please just be yourself and have fun answering these questions. Feel free to pick and choose what you want to answer because I know some of these questions you can spend a while talking about, so it doesn't really have to fit into the time frame. Um, or at least you don't have to fit every one of these answers into the time frame. I just want to get an idea of your personality and your voice, and I want to make sure you have the means to get decent quality out of your voice recordings. So anyways, please email these recordings to ChewyPlaysNintendo at gmail.com. Once again, Chewy is spelled C-H-U-Y. Alright, so today I'm actually going to expand on the history of Animal Crossing. One of my listeners left me some feedback and they were expecting, I guess, sort of more dates and names and actual, like, a, a deeper history to the game. So I want to focus on at least, like, one game per episode for now. So I'm going to focus, once again, on population growing or just Animal Crossing for some people. It's still disputed what to call it. But anyways, yeah, I'm going to focus on that. And then I'm going to tell you more stories about my experiences playing the game. I have specific stories based on the history of the game, of just experiences I've had playing the original Animal Crossing. So I'm going to go more in depth into that. And then I'm going to highlight some comments and feedback from the first episode. And so this is your chance, I guess, if you haven't commented, haven't, um, I guess, interacted with the podcast, I do want to take part in the community and bring in some of that community reaction to the episode. So I'm going to be telling you all about that. And finally, the last thing I want to talk about is the rumor about the mobile title being delayed until December. Alright, so let's get started with some history. Animal Crossing was originally 
called Dobutsu no Mori in Japan. That translates to animal forest. So you have a little forest, you have some animals, and that's where they live, and that's what the game's called. It was created by Katsuya Eguchi, the creator. Um, he originally joined Nintendo in 1986, and he worked on some pretty huge games, including Super Mario Bros. 3, Super Mario World, and Star Fox. So, when he started working at Nintendo, he actually moved 300 miles from his home. He left his family and his friends behind, but he was following his dream to make games. So, one of the things that happened with this move is that he became. Pretty lonely. And so the game was actually created to, I guess, address that loneliness. In a quote, he says Animal Crossing features three themes family, friendship, and community. But the reason I wanted to investigate them was a result of being so lonely when I arrived in Kyoto. Chiba is east of Tokyo and quite a distance from Kyoto. And when I moved there, I left my family and friends behind. In doing so, I realized that being close to them, being able to spend time with them, talk to them, play with them, it was such a great, important thing. I wondered for a long time if there would be a way to recreate that feeling. And that was the impetus behind the original Animal Crossing. So. This idea was just like he wanted a way to be close to his friends and family, but I guess without being close to them. And so the game was a way for him to share without, I guess, sharing the time together in the same room. So the quote continues Another thing is that I'd always get home really late, and my family plays games and would sometimes be playing when I got home. And I thought to myself, They're playing games and I'm playing games, but we're not really doing it together. It'd be nice to have a play experience where, even though we're not playing in the same time, we're still sharing things together. So, this was something that the kids could play after school, and I could play when I got home at night, and I could kind of be a part of what they were doing while I wasn't around. And at the same time, they get to see things I've been doing. It was kind of a desire to create a space where my family and I could interact more, even if we weren't playing together. So, that original idea of the game is actually like pretty key to my own experiences in the first Animal Crossing. Like, We all, I guess we would watch each other play and everything, but at the same time, we essentially got to go off on our own and do our own thing. And say I logged into my file and I could just look at other,、uh, I guess my brother and my friend Drew's houses and see how they were coming along, how they were updating, what has grown, and essentially see like their decorating style, which is a pretty cool thing. Um, anyway, so to continue the history, the game was originally released on N64, as I mentioned last podcast. This was the original Dobutsu no Mori, and it was released on April 14th, 2001. It was originally being developed for the N64DD, also known as the N64 disk drive. Unfortunately, the disk drive, I, I want to say it released a total of one game, but It was delayed and it was essentially a commercial fa- failure. It was this little attachment that you put under the N64 that allowed discs to play. And they wanted to use it in order to make use of an internal clock. After the delays and after the 
game just was making no progress. They switched it to be an N64 game, and they actually put an internal clock inside of the game in order for the game to keep track of time. Um, I kind of wonder, I guess, how those internal clocks are doing today, because I know for the original Pokemon Silver and Pokemon Gold games, there was an internal game because there was a night and day in those games. And I have a crystal version, which is the third version to that game. But every time I log in, I have to re-input the time because it just it just can't keep time anymore. The clock has run out of battery. So if anybody knows, please uh, leave a comment or anything that lets me know just if these internal clocks still work on these N64 cartridges because I'm interested. Anyways, um, the game was then moved to GameCube um, just eight months later. So Dobutsu no Mori Plus was released in Japan, once again Japan, December 14th, 2001. This version of the game was updated with features that were left out of the N64 version. One of those features was the use of the e-reader accessory that was made for the Game Boy Advance. Essentially, you were able to scan Animal Crossing e-reader cards into the game, and they did a number of things, like they gave you mini-games, they gave you items, town tunes, patterns for shirts and umbrellas, and even villagers in some cases. You could have villagers move in that were on the card. Um, I think it was only select, so every card had a, like a different code that they could use. Um, beyond that, the GameCube also allowed the use of an internal clock, so the time affected the game even while you weren't playing. This led to the slogan, the real-life game that's playing even when you're not. And so from there, the GameCube version was finally localized in America. This localization team added um, a bunch of different things, but what they added was essentially what became a staple of the franchise and really, I guess, put that real-life calendar to use. But they added holidays and a bunch of items that were associated with the holidays. And this game was actually released September 15th, 2002, so nearly a year after. But the big thing was that Nintendo was incredibly impressed with the work that was done on the game and they moved that version once again giving Japan a third version of the game which was Dobutsu no Mori E+. And yeah from there they essentially added a couple new features um, I guess not many that I'm too familiar with because I haven't played the Japanese versions of the game but from what I've heard there's some small things like being able to see villagers or workers in ways that you normally couldn't. So one of the things I mentioned last time was that if you hit Tom Nook's store late at night with the shovel like four times, the doors would open and you could walk in and see Tom Nook in his little pajamas and he would begrudgingly sell you things. Um, the other thing I heard about recently was that if you hit every rock in your town, um, for a for an entire week, Rossetti would appear on the last rock, um, or at least like a hole that goes into Rossetti's surveillance center. So you could see Rossetti completely outside of his normal life. And finally, the last iteration of the game appeared in China, and they got the original N64 version, and it was available to play on the IQ player. This was a specialized device that was only in China, and 
uh, essentially people had to go to select locations to download games or download them off the the internet. And I don't know how effective that was, but they were able to play the original N64 version of the game on this device. And that essentially covers the history of that first Animal Crossing game. It was a game born of loneliness to think that could have been the pitch. Oh, this is a game about being lonely. <laughs> I don't think it would have sold that way. But he did a great job. He's brought something to us that we just truly enjoy. And I can't believe we're lucky enough to be able to play such a great, relaxing game. Anyways, in doing my research for this episode, I did run into, I guess, some ideas that stood out. And one of those was the asymmetrical gameplay. And so what what that means is that a player, it's a multiplayer game, but only one player plays at a time. This means that anybody could pick up the game, play, and then somebody else could pick it up and do the same thing. So they pulled this off by making a little area in the town where up to four different players could live. For me, it was me, my brother, and my friend. So we had three people. We always needed a fourth. Uh, so there was always just an empty house that was a little bit sad. I was like, oh, this is like our little haunted house in the area. But anyways, so we just really liked... I guess uh, we would always fight for whoever got to play first because then you get first pick at fossils and stuff. That was the biggest moneymaker for us. We didn't do too much fishing, I guess. Um, uh, I guess we caught on to the fishing as a moneymaker very late in the game. Um, but yeah, so we could essentially play together, but not together. And what I really liked about that was... If I was out of town, which I, I think it would be weird if my brother wasn't out of town with me, but regardless, if I were just not there and my brother were playing the game, he could do his own thing, donate to the museum, and later on when I log in, I'm like, oh, cool, you really just like put a lot of stuff into the museum. That's awesome. Or I could go to their house and look at how they were decorating and be like, oh, I love this idea that you're doing here. I definitely want to implement that kind of thing. And yeah, so essentially you could visit different parts of town and just see the influence other players had. Um, and you would see it later. Like it wasn't at the same time. It was all always like a little surprise kind of thing. Um, another way that they did this was through memory cards. So I originally borrowed the game from a friend and she had her own memory card that she played through and one day she just brought it and she said, hey, did you know that you can go to my town? And I was like, N no, I didn't know that I could go to your town. How do I do that? And she said, well, you just take the memory card and put it into the second slot and then that's it. You can go to the train station and visit another town. And so at this point, my mind was blown. I was like, I can use the train station. Um, awesome. And so I would, I, I eventually got to my house and I had my memory card plugged in. I plugged hers into the second memory card slot. And from there, I went on and played in her town. And 
it was covered in weeds because she hadn't played in months and months and months because I had the game for months and months and months. So I just visited her town and I was like, whoa, you have all these different neighbors that I've never seen before. And one of the exciting things about that is the first Animal Crossing actually allowed you to have the most amount of neighbors than any other game. I think the number was 15 or 16. I don't quite recall right now, but 15 neighbors is already five above New Leaf, which only allows you to have 10. And then I think Wild World had eight neighbors and City Folk might have had 10 as well. It might be 10 or 12. I cannot remember right now. But regardless, I could see her 15 different neighbors that she had and I could see her town and the different town tune that she had. Everybody just had their own little quirks and styles to playing the game. I could even look into their house and see how they were decorating. And it was just a really cool way to share. And so anyway, so from there, I went back to my town and you get this. I've totally forgot to mention this, but you get this really cool experience on the train where usually... The only time you see Rover is when you're moving into town and he's like, oh, well, I know this really great place you can move into. It's called, and then you name your town. Yeah, Haken, that's the place. And so that's essentially the only time you get to see Rover unless you're traveling via train to see somebody else. And at the same time, every once in a while, you get to meet Blanca, which is this faithless cat. She's a white cat. And she has lost her face. And so on your trip over, you get to draw a face in for her. And I could not make a face to save my life. It was so hard. You get this, like, you get a grid that you can draw a face on. And I I just did not know how art proportions on faces worked. So the eyes I made were in these top two quadrants. And when it, when I saw it in person, she had eyes at the top of her head. So you, it's kind of a learning curve. And then from there you can adjust and make a better face for her. But my first Blanca face was, Oh, it was terrifying. It was the stuff of nightmares. Like you would not want this villager to be living in your town because it would be frightening. Um, Anyway, so I eventually I traveled back to my town and I discover something. I had a letter in my mailbox and it was from my best friend Pancho. And Pancho is this little bear and he's really into sports and does all of these athletic things. But I've, the letter had told me that he moved away and I was heartbroken. I, I don't know... I mean, anybody who's played an Animal Crossing game just has a very clear understanding of, like, what these little animals mean to you. And it seems so crazy to be so attached to just, like, this digital animal, but it happens. Like, the characters are so strong, and they're always around, and you talk to them every day, and you're just like, yeah, this is my best friend, Pancho in this game and I love him and I never want him to move away. And then that's what I came home to. Poncho moved away and they told me in the letter that they moved to my friend's town. And I was like, are you kidding me? You left me 
to go to this you went to this town that nobody even plays in you're gonna you're gonna be alone poncho and you you did this i don't know why and i was just distraught i instantly went right back on the train and went to that town and i found poncho and i was like what are you doing here i mean of course they're not gonna talk to you that way they just say oh hey chewy i moved out this is where i live now you can visit me anytime and i was just like but we we had a great thing poncho you lived in my town with me and we were together like that that was the life that was our life and I I just got so emotional over that. And then I move, I head back because I'm like, I, I'm trying, I'm talking to them and talking to them and trying to see if there's an option to get them to move back, but there isn't. And so I head back and I find out another one of my neighbors has moved. And this leads to the discovery that essentially Anytime you visit somebody else's town through a memory card and go through that train station, somebody in your town moves away. And I had other villagers that I really loved and I liked hanging out with them. And then I, if I went to visit them, more of my villagers would leave. And in hindsight, like this design to the game was just like the most heartbreaking thing because... You want so badly to see your villagers again, but every time you do, somebody else moves away and you never know who it's going to be. But Animal Crossing likes to make it that person who you really love the most. So I'm sure a lot of people have experiences where they lost their favorite villager and just it kind of destroyed the game for them. So that's kind of what happened to me, actually. I don't think I played too much longer after that. I just, every time I logged in, I was just bummed out that my best friend Poncho moved. And I don't know. that. It's just like dealing with the sense of loss. <laughs> and who who would have thought that this game, of all games would give you those strong emotions for losing somebody in your life. And yeah, it's just a good, I guess it really hits on point with that idea that the creator came from. Like they moved away from home. They had essentially nobody to turn to and just a lot of time to spend on their own. And they did that by missing all the people uh, that were left behind in their life. And yeah, so that game just, it, it just captures that feeling of loss. And all the time I'm just like, man, my boy Poncho, we had something special. And it kind of just like got me to stop playing that first game. Though I really wish I hadn't because I, there was so much to experience all the time. So many little things. I'm, I'm glad that I played as long as I did and got to do all these different types of things. And over the years, I, pl I went back to the game and played some more and just like discovered so many quirky things about that first game. Because that first game, it's, it's the beginning of Animal Crossing. So it had a lot of quirks to it until they fine-tuned some of them and really just made it a more relaxing experience.
All right, everybody. In this next part, I want to address the rumors that Animal Crossing Mobile has been, I guess, delayed until at least December. And this rumor actually came from a, I guess, financial analyst. I want to say, but uh, I okay. So I've been around the Animal Crossing hype train for a long time, and if there's anything I've learned just from being in the Nintendo news world or any other thing, if you're waiting on information from Nintendo, be sure to get it from Nintendo. I know, I want so badly to believe that what this r- rumor says about the game is true. I want it to be coming out in December. I want anything, any type of news to come out on it. But fact of the matter is that this source is not Nintendo, so. We just gotta I just work around it. I know I don't want you guys to get too excited and let down because for all we know, it's been so long that we've been waiting for a full HD Animal Crossing experience and we've heard essentially nothing about it outside of Amiibo Festival, which many will agree was a bit of a train wreck. So yeah, I would say just wait for Nintendo to say something about the game and don't get your hopes up too much. I'm sure, I don't know, I guess I did my own type of rumors last time, but I would say that for now, let's stick by Nintendo's word of saying it would be out within the fiscal year. And that would be March of 2018. So Let's just give Nintendo until then. Expect it at the latest in March. But for now, we'll just wait for more news. And finally, I want to thank everybody for listening to this podcast, whether it's been YouTube, SoundCloud, or iTunes. I finally have the podcast up in those places, but I wanted to take the time to recognize the community, the people who have taken the time to listen to the episodes, and kind of highlight their feedback. So I'll just start with YouTube. Monica Niblet said... To expand on this series, you should have conversations with other Redditors or AC YouTubers, their thoughts on future features, first experiences, favorite parts of gameplay, etc. I just want to say that's an awesome comment. That's great feedback. I really want to have more people on the show, hence why I'm looking for a co-host or co-hosts to join me and just discuss all things Animal Crossing. But one of the really cool things would be to talk to AC Animal Crossing YouTubers because I actually watch a lot of them. And I guess for now, I watch mostly Misha Crossing because she's pretty active on the game. But if you guys listen and you're fans of any Animal Crossing YouTubers, send them this podcast and be like, hey, this person makes a podcast for Animal Crossing and they really want to have other people on the show to talk about Animal Crossing. And yeah, so if you share it with them, I'd be happy to, I guess, have them on the show if they want to be because... That's the fun part about Animal Crossing. You can all share the experience together, but on your own. So we all have our own little, I guess, viewpoints of the game and what happened. So, yeah, great comment. Definitely want to have somebody on there. Um, Cyborg Skeptic 
uh, also followed me on Twitter, but they made some comments. They said, you know, I bought a Wii U expecting to eventually get Animal Crossing. And <laughs> I feel you, buddy. I know what that wait is like. And yeah, we're all waiting. We want that HD experience. We've been waiting since the announcement of the Wii U. Hopefully we can get it soon. Um, Ubercrit said, Fun memories. My story is a fun one with Animal Crossing 2. Sometimes about the, uh, something about this gem makes it my de facto favorite game. The music, the world, crossing fingers for the Switch version someday soon. Ho I hope they pull a Mario Odyssey and bring it to us in a year turnaround. A Breath of the Wild development time would be sad. Yes, it would be so sad to have to wait as long as we waited for Zelda. That would be... Oh, I'd be distraught. Because the longer Nintendo spends not talking about Animal Crossing, the less interested I am in like the entire operation. And that's sad because Chewie plays Nintendo, and he just wants his fix of Nintendo. Luckily, for now, there are a lot of things in between to fill my head. There's Mario Odyssey, plenty of indie games. Um, I'm a huge Splatoon 2 fan and Splatoon fan, so I'm playing that all the time. But... Yeah, hopefully we can see something on. And Ubercrit is actually a friend of mine. If you guys haven't checked him out, he does some cool stuff. He has his own radio show on gaming. But I plan to have him on the show, so look forward to that. He's a cool guy. Um, from there, we got some comments on Reddit. And if you all don't already follow the subreddit, the Animal Crossing subreddit is a great place. I'm always having a good time there. People post just pictures of gameplay things they've made that are animal crossing related just and discuss animal crossing all the time so i love popping in there i'm there all day essentially if i haven't commented on something it's just because i happen to miss it but i'm usually hopping into the comment sections of that subreddit and it's great anyways we've got some different uh comments on here so let's see quapa said you know I really was not sure what you were going to talk about since the game is so visual without a real storyline per se, but I found the whole episode interesting. Thank you, Quapa. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, yeah, I'm, I was kind of worried about this whole experience too. I know Animal Crossing is really a weird experience, especially like try explaining Animal Crossing to your family at like thanksgiving this year <laughs> say oh yeah you live in this town and you pay rent uh, or you pay your mortgage it's really weird to make trying to make that sound fun so yeah i'm really glad people are interested in this podcast super awesome and let's see if there's any other comments um thank you or let's see dlra dl fun dl fun sorry i'm bad at reading these names anyways they said thanks for the first episode i enjoyed it very much hope it continues and thank you for listening if you guys haven't already be sure to subscribe to my youtube channel um subscribe to the podcast on itunes if that's the best place you can also follow my soundcloud so this is up everywhere and you'll get the first update for now i am going to try to do this show bi-weekly so this first episode came out two weeks ago now. I'm going to plan to have them out every Tuesday or every other Tuesday, rather. Don't want to promise every Tuesday because, like I said, one of my worries is just running out of things to say. But luckily, 
Animal Crossing is a huge game, and I have tons of topics planned out. And of course, I'm going to be covering a little bit more history of each game. But thank you guys for listening, and I will talk to you later. Bye. Bye.